Welcome to the 47th episode of the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. Your co-host, Jordan Viner. And joining us today, a special guest from the Turp Talk family. It's Wayne Viner. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Watercrafters. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool, as well as provide new equipment installations, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Retail Showroom has everything for your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. Visit the Watercrafters Retail Showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. Normally, we would have the Maryland News Rundown here, but I think, as we all know, one story has become the biggest Maryland sports story probably since we won the championship in 2002. And we are here live and high above Chicago's Soldier Field to talk about it. Mason? Well, as we all know, an ESPN report released yesterday called the Maryland program's toxic culture that may have led to the ultimate being the death of Jordan McNair. Yeah, this culture is praised as being overly competitive, bullying, fat-shaming, just a very abusive environment, and I think everybody has a lot of opinions on this specific piece. So we're all going to share our opinions about the piece, and feel free to leave a comment if you disagree with us or agree with us, but we all have differing views, and it's really one of the only topics that we do have differing views on. So the basic story is that the aggressive culture brought in primarily by Rick Court, known as a direct surrogate, of DJ Durkin pretty much abuses the players verbally, emotionally, mentally. They've thrown a few things at a player or two in the weight room, but it's basically, according to the reports that we read, a place that you really don't want to play football. And since that drumbeat has started, the immediate question has been how long is DJ Durkin going to remain the coach of the Maryland Terrapins? You guys have been Terps your whole life. I've been following this team for about 42 years. Missed a handful of home football games in that whole time. But you guys went there as in, in baby carriages, and you have been in this program a long time. What about this, Jordan, bothers you the most? I think a lot of fans feel sort of betrayed by this. Uh, we invest our time and money into following this team and expect a certain amount of, I don't know the word, dignity, respect around it. And to me, this report, and I know some people here agree with me, disagree with me on this, this report kind of, it didn't make it feel like that was worth it. It made it feel like, that. why would you follow this group with this type of mentality behind it? The report, if true, because there's no names attached to it, so it's a report, it's one side of the story. Mason? Well... My first thoughts, and we've all kind of had some time, that's why we didn't release the podcast last night to think about this, was there's a very fine line between what every team does and just bad coaching or teaching or whatever they want to call themselves. There's a line that makes it worse to a certain extent, and that's kind of what I feel like they crossed when I first read it. But then I think about the stories that you hear about Urban Meyer or Jim Harbaugh and it seems like a lot of teams do this, and it just kind of came crumbling down on Maryland because of 
the death of Jordan McNairn because there was some thoughts about them mishandling that. Well, I would like to follow that up by saying that Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh, the two guys you referenced, both of which may be fired by the end of the year. And no, they might not, well, or at least in Jim Harbaugh's case, might not be because of that culture. But I don't know how much success that's really brought them. Which them is well, that? Urban Meyer is a championship-winning coach that has won multiple BCS bowl, or not BCS bowl games, big six bowl games, now in consecutive years and a national championship. So I don't think your success line is not very valid. And he also is going to get fired because of his presumed knowledge of an abusive coach. So... All right, so one storyline is 20 years ago you could have gotten away with screaming at players and calling them names. I've been to football practices, this is not at Maryland, where I've heard names like that used. People have yelled at me like that. It was a long time ago, and it was expected. When you played a sport like football, it's going to be an abusive, tough culture. I have read tweets from former Maryland players that pretty much indicate the guys who are complaining were known as soft to begin with, and that this is going to be, now this is my opinion, this is going to be the type of program that's going to compete for everything. It's going to compete for food. Whoever does best eats first. It's going to compete for respect in that building, and sooner or later, it's going to compete in the Big Ten because you need that type of culture to win. Now, I don't want anybody to die over that. That's the line that Mason talks about. But up until the point, what was the line you used? It's all fun and games? So you lose an eye. In this case, somebody lost their life. The question is, is the culture that is that competitive what ultimately caused Jordan McNair to pass away? I'm going to say no. And I will say in the article, it said probably. The players who talked said, I wouldn't be surprised because he knew that if he stopped or gave up, that he was going to be ridiculed, shamed, might not get to eat. Like, he knew the ramifications, and he couldn't quit because of that. Can you believe that social ramifications of, of being called names is still at the root of most problems? Yeah. You're scared yeah. of yeah. not being accepted? I completely agree with that statement. That is, I mean, everyone knows there's a big difference between, like, a JV lacrosse team and Maryland football, but no one wanted to be last when I was playing lacrosse. No one wants to be last. No one wants to be called any names. No one wants to be pointed out by the coaches for being fat, which I was, unfortunately, a lot. But it it happens. I mean, people, that is how, in my opinion, is one of the only ways to get people to work is to point them out and say that you're wrong for this and you don't get something because of it. And I feel like that's what the coaches were doing to a point but there's yeah. still some questions around what actually happened. What that, actually happened the day that Jordan McNair passed away? Not the day, the day where he went down with the heat stroke. Oh, right. Where he went but down with the heat stroke. Till September 15th, maybe Rick Court and is it Wes Robinson? Yes. They're going to be gone. But till September 15th, I will not believe to see DJ Durkin being removed. Okay. okay, most of you know what that date is. Jordan, what happens on September 15th? The uh, Walters Incorporated report comes out, but on the um, topic of Wes Robinson, who has been here since the Ralph era, a lot of players said that they feel like he's he changed when DJ came here. He became more competitive to fit his DJ's vibe. Do you think that's true? And if it is true, is that concerning? No, I don't believe that's concerning at all. 
if I'm a C-level guy at a business and the CEO changes to a completely different style, if I want to keep my job, don't I have to adapt? If you agree with the style, some people get carried away. I think if this goes down on the bad side for DJ Durka and the rest of the staff, it's because they took it too far. Now, we, we keep making reference to a report that has one name player in it. One name player that transferred, transferred out. Transferred out and, and, and who was that? Malik Jones? Yeah, Malik Jones, linebacker, went to Toledo. And then two other anonymous players and four anonymous staffers. So I don't know exactly who they're talking about. Um, I, it sounds legit with three people from ESPN signing off on the article, but no, we're not 100% sure. Well, I want to go to what Will, Will Muschamp, who worked with DJ for four years in Florida, said earlier. That if these guys are really going to do this, if they're all in, why are their names not on this? Why are they still anonymous? What are they afraid of? I mean, isn't a football staffer a grown man? Are you paraphrasing Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State? I mean, but isn't that a grown man, a guy who's going to stand up for what's right, and he's still anonymous? I, well, that's one of the questions that I have on a larger scale, which is if Rick Court is demeaning everybody and, and telling people they can't eat or making people eat to the point that they throw up, everybody there has to know about this. You're not doing this in private. It, it's public, it's in the weight room, it's in, it's in the training facility. So if it really is that bad, nobody's spoken up about this until somebody died. Seems a bit incongruent to me, although it's entirely plausible. Just seems a bit wrong that all of these people who are supposed to be leaders of young men, nobody stopped this? I don't think it's out of our own possibility because stuff like this has happened before where it all gets shushed up. Like, if you look at the paying player scandal, you're, everybody knew about that. And it was able, in often cases, it would be shushed up for five or six years on end before anyone really gets it, gets it out. Well, so, we're not talking about paying players here. Paying players, everyone's making money. Correct? No, that's not correct, generally. Uh, I, I want to bring up a sideline to this. Jordan, you feel more divorced from this, like you have more of an outside view than Mason or I because you don't cover the team on a daily, weekly basis. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say it's fair to say. So you think that we're going through some form of denial of the facts because we're Maryland Maybe you might say homers. We're in the we're in the tank for this team. I will give you that. Well, actually, you said you're being a homer earlier today. I just took the term, but I yeah, that is what I think. Because when we found out about this yesterday, you two were both more or less outright that we need to clear house and this was unacceptable behavior and all of that. And then today, it's almost backwards to me. You guys are now on the side of well, we don't know the whole story. And we need to wait, which I don't t entirely disagree with, but it's such a shift that I feel like you, it's like some sort of defense mechanism. Well, let me, well, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. When you first read that report, were you not thinking this is over, this is finished, it's, you might as well pack our bags and run for the hills. But our first um, instinct. Instinct is to do that. Yeah, you're all right, instinct. Okay, so now you brought up that we didn't do this last night because we needed some time to think about what we heard, what we read, what we thought we knew. 
you know I've been getting phone calls since 6.30 a.m. Central Time. I was getting calls last night. I've sent maybe 100 text messages to people back and forth trying to figure out what's going on here. And my take is, if this is related to why Jordan McNair is no longer with us, then I guess that's it. Everybody's got to go. And I guess we'll start over. But they're still going to play football. And they're still going to scream at the kids. And they're still going to yell at people. And they're still going to push them to the ultimate nth degree of their capabilities. Or else they're not giving the kids a fair shot at playing football. Now it's where do you cross that line? But when you come to Maryland and you take that scholarship and you say, I'm going to do my best for this team... They push you. They're going to make you run. If it's a basketball game camp, they're going to make you run to quarter court, half court. They're going to make you run suicides till you throw up because this is a highly, highly competitive environment and you know what you're getting into. Do you think lacrosse training is any less so, Mason? No, not at all. There's a a reason why athletes in the NCAA and the pro levels are at their prime Abilities. It's because they push us hard. It's because that's what they do. That's what they're there for. That's when they go to train with their trainers. That's okay. Do you think you have to be? I'm going to go to Jordan on this one. Do you think you have to be little people to get the most out of them? No, I don't. And that's where this went wrong. If it's a place where it went wrong, that's it, Mason. But that's my opinion. This isn't fact, Mason. Depends on the person. I would say for some people, the answer is straight yes, and for some people, that's just not how they work. When have you ever heard of, when you read the athlete's book or their stories, when did you ever hear about coaches saying, oh, that guy changed my life because he called me fat or yelled at me or said I was never going to be able to play on the court? I have a book right over here from, from uh, Phil Knight that tells a story about how Bowerman at Oregon when Phil Knight went to Bowerman and told him he felt sick, Bowerman told him there's no way you're not going to practice you're, or you're not going to be on this team. And Phil Knight, even though he was sick, ran his best time because Bowerman was challenging him. So, But that was 30 or 40 years well, ago. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say. I think this is the root almost of this whole issue is that no one wants to write about the time that they were called fat or explicit words or... Well, no one wants that. No one wants to remember that, even though it might have pushed them to that next level. It's not necessarily a thing that I would remember if I was a prime athlete, or that I want to publish out for the world to see. So we're 15 minutes into this. We all have different opinions. Overall, as Bruce would say, I'm just sick about the whole thing. I have my opinions. I don't know what happened out there. I don't like reading that they fat shamed anybody or made the people feel bad about being alive. That's not how this is supposed to go, if that is true. And I'm not proud about it. I'll probably come back and listen to this later and go, you know, had I known all the facts, I would have said something else. But right now, this is 100% opinion from me. And you're right, Heather Dinich and two other writers at ESPN signed off on this. I'm sure the network's behind it. And if they got it wrong... Somebody by this point would have jumped out and said this is wrong. That's now, not. I don't, I don't think that's true. We'll go through that Arizona thing with the hundred thousand dollars. They let that run for weeks. 
before it was proven not to be true. I mean, there are times where people get things wrong, but well, Maryland's depending on this report to say either, either if it's right, the September 15th one, or wrong. And that's what we're waiting for now. Do you think the report, I'll go to Jordan with us, do you think the report's going to talk about the culture of the team, or is it going to talk about what happened that day? It's about what happened that day. And I will agree with Mason to an extent that we need the report to vindicate something. We need to say that he was at least properly cared for because then you have a leg to stand on. But if, it, if he's not, the whole thing's sand. We're done. I, I don't even know what happens next. Yeah, what does happen if they decide tomorrow that or sometimes before September 1st that they want to fire everyone and get rid of this and just that will be their way of solving this problem? Or on September 15th. I mean, if, if they – this is way out on a limb, gentlemen. But if somebody were to make a change today, you've got a couple weeks to go here, right? If something comes down on September 15th that proves that somebody was at fault to the extent they no longer can work there, Lord knows what's going to happen in the middle of the season. We've been through this before, and I think the answer is you never win – you don't win another game that year. But that that's – for next time. The, the question here is based on what you know and what you've seen and your time as a Maryland fan, you already know this has hurt the program. You already know it's, it seems to have hurt recruiting. And in our trips around America, you can see that we're still significantly behind some of these other universities. And it's not like the, we've been winning 10 games a year under this administration. This is a tough blow to take. What, what, how do you sum it up? Sum it up like it's it's really hard to sum up, and I feel like that's what we've been trying to do now for the past hours. Okay, now let's change the question then. Well, I was still going to try to do it because okay. we've been talking about it, it. That these past 24 or so hours have been very, very negative, but without the proper context and sources... There's only really one side of the story out there, and if the Maryland football side will ever actually get out there is yet to be known. I feel like that's where we are right now for a summary. I feel that as a fan, I still feel betrayed, and I'm trying really hard to not completely divorce myself from the program at the moment. Because I know only one side of the story is out there, but until they give me something else to hold, until they can say something else, then... I'm. It's really hard to get behind at the moment. Forty-two years later, I'm. I'm really disappointed that this, almost to me, is still where we are. It's uh, another case of what happened with Len Bias, where somehow Maryland ends up doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Sure, I feel that we've got some something to do with this. One of our players died and a result of something that happened at, at a practice, or maybe it was a congenital, maybe he never should have been out there, maybe he wasn't in shape, I don't know. But it's a really sad day that we're sitting here talking about this, and at the bottom of it, somebody that our team and our family of fans cared about died as a result in some way of something that happened with our university, and that's just horrible. And yep. Yeah, if the powers that be end up deciding that this group can't coach 
because that then that's what happened and we have to accept it but we're very very unhappy about the entire situation and of course when bad things happen people have uh, something bad to say about you can easily jump out there as an anonymous source and rip you apart but clearly something bad happened at the University of Maryland yeah and I think that's a, a wrap for this podcast and as always we would like to thank our sponsors Viner Four Gates of Rockville they built TerpTalk.com in the Crease Lacrosse and Talk Redskins, and they can build a website just like that for you. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. And Watercrafters in the Gaithersburg Air Park, they have everything you need for your pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. You can reach them at www.watercrafters.com. And, and we will all be back with you as the situation develops and hopefully maybe next week we'll have something better to say but it's not looking too bright right now is it no it's not but hey got to keep moving on other things are happening around the world and in college park but for now this is really all you can think about when you talk about the maryland terrapins and that's going to do it for the 47th episode of the turf talk young turfs podcast as always we'll be back next week And thanks for listening.